together today The world is asking us To go deeper into our hearts Deeper than we ever thought we could go I got lost a little bit. We all kind of have to get lost a little bit in that zone, that place, the unknown. The only real place that you will find your true self, your true being, is in that undefined place 
where your intellectual mind, which is very finite and limited, limited, has been put in its proper place and lets you go into the space of which is your real self, which is eternal. And each person has to do for themselves what works for them. You know, I have some people, some friends that a good workout in the forest, running up some mountains and getting into that high intensity place where you're just totally sweating and breathing heavy like you're going to pass out. And then they sit on a rock and in the forest. And that's what released all the world for them. For other people, it's controlling their breath in whatever way they do it. For some, it's inspirational reading that takes them to that place, but it all has to be a springboard to go to that zone where you have forgotten the whole ego idea of, oh, I'm laser and I'm playing guitar and there was eight people killed on Friday in Indiana and, you know, Russia looks like they're invading Ukraine and so many of my dear, dearest friends in Brazil are suffering from the COVID on such a drastic level. The only way to properly be able to heal that is you have to make sure that that does not overtake you. And so, but you have to find a way to elevate, to transcend. The only real day, the only real life, the only real moment is when there is some element of connecting it to the transcendental, to the mystic, to the that which always is, to that oneness which is connecting us all we have to go be daring to search there. And sometimes we don't always get there, you know. Sometimes I can spend hours in my room doing what I have to do to block everything out, which is to let all the real things in and let all of the monkey mind of worrying and trying to control this and trying to control that. And by the time I can get into a place where, okay, now I'm not thinking, I'm just with my, letting my soul on its own, and I'm just witnessing. I can't control my mind, but I can witness my mind for the good and bad. I can see how there's, we all have to know how to break free of that thing. Sometimes it even doesn't look like such a bad thing, but it's just like, maybe it's that one sporting event you have to watch, or it's that one thing you have to eat or it's that one thing you have to do during the day that if you don't do that you feel you're not connected all those things we have to learn when we're sitting to see what's pulling us and the only true freedom comes if we can totally break free unattached and that is achievable but we have to be prepared to do the work on a daily basis of taking a few minutes of sitting in that place, that zone where I want to transcend to know why I was born. 
Maybe I'm just so far away from what my true purpose is in being here. Who am I really? How do I get out of that whole thing that the world has stamped on me and you have stamped on yourself? You know, sometimes we get stamped by the world. We get stamped by our parents. We get stamped by the school system. We get stamped by whatever church, wherever place we are, we get stamped. And we don't know that we're stamped until one day you wake up and you say, oh my God, I've been stamped. That's not who I really am. They just tried to impose that on me. So you have to go to the place of total freedom where you're so much above it. And you know, these are trying times and all of us have to know what we have to do to go beyond. And you know, I wanna say for all the men out there, men in our world today, you have to really know how to break and cry. The reason there's so many more percentage of male suicide and male mental illness and male just losing it as opposed to female. Of course there's female suicide, of course there's female mental issues, of course there's females issues, but the percentages of males is so higher because women, they don't, they're not stamped with this feeling, I'm not allowed to break and cry. And the truth is men, see the society tries to make men where they're not allowed to break and they're not allowed to cry because that's how you drive those people who really are going to go conquer another tribe. They're going to go to war with another country. And you have to be really angry inside and really be have fire inside and be willing to do that. But if you're a person who could really cry over your own inner insufficiencies of your own feeling detached from what is really my true essence of life, then you don't have the ability to go out and want to take over another tribe, another country. You don't have that hatred for people of other religions, other nationalities, other colors. But man has been stamped with, I'm not allowed to make a mistake. I'm not allowed to break, I'm not allowed to cry. And so this is why so many male suicides, so many men go into mental institutions and don't come out. See now women, now we're generalizing here. We have to be careful of all generalizations because we know all of the books that have any good spirituality, they also have a lot of BS of really bad generalizations whether it's the Old Testament generalizing about different nations or different types of people, or it's the New Testament generalizing about all the Pharisees, which they, the church turned into all the Jews, or whether it's the Koran, which generalizes about all Christians or all Jews, or whether it's, you know, all modern Western world that tries to generalize about all Muslims being terrorists or whatever it is, all these generalizations, 
there is a purpose to wake us up to. We have to be aware of certain things. There's no other way you can learn sometimes. Like, you know, when I was in New York City and when I moved in, I was a real hillbilly fishing and playing football and listening to the blues. My parents said, listen, when you go, go to Harlem, you got to, you know, you got to watch out a little bit. You know, they were right, but that doesn't mean I'm going to hate everyone in Harlem. I'm not going to be mean to everyone in Harlem. Some of the most beautiful people in the world I ever met were from Harlem. And so going back to our original concept, women, they might speak about suicide more. And they might speak about, I'm, I get totally broken. And that's healthy. But what do men do? The men, they're stamped with this thing. I'm not going to tell anybody I'm ready to break. There's no way I'm going to cry, even though I really feel like I'm so lost. And they push it under the thing, and then they go over the breaking point. And that's what's happening with all the shootings. See, don't you see what's going on in America? People have reached their breaking points, and the society has put the wrong stamps on people. And so all we have a mentally unstable society. You don't have a lot of women mass shootings. They're there. They have things. But as a majority, we have violent males. Because the males have been stamped, I'm not allowed to cry. I'm not allowed to speak out. If I speak, what happens? They'll speak out a little bit and then, wow, I, wait, wait, I didn't really say that. I go back to my macho self. No, I'm really strong. Listen, all of the true heroes, they knew how to cry. Because if you can't cry for yourself, there's no way you're going to cry for anybody else. If you can't feel your own pain, there's no way you're going to relate to the pain of other people. So this generalization thing where men aren't supposed to cry, men are the tough guys, this is all the wars, this is all the hatred because then men become really toxic. They keep it up inside. They keep it, I'm the, I'm the built, I'm the macho guy and they're used as pawns by evil people trying to control the world. But we ain't too cool to cry. We ain't. The real heroes ap apologize. The real heroes keep going. Some of my deepest friends, just yesterday, I have some of my teenagers from the COVID going through some situa situations that sometimes their parents can't help them with. But I have some friends that they're so loving, so I put them in contact with my children. They're pure genius. They say things straight from heaven. Now, if someone else would look at those people, they might say, oh, those people made a lot of mistakes. You shouldn't have your kids talking to those people. I say, you know what? The real deep people, the real heroes, they fall really bad at least seven times. But in our generation, we're falling a thousand times. But those heroes, they're so deep, they're so real because they went through such brokenness, but they didn't fool themselves. They didn't fool themselves that I didn't make a mistake. They didn't fool themselves that I'm not broken. 
and they open themselves up and they let themselves see themselves and they let they share share with other people so today every time you open yourself and you're real with yourself you know re very recently i had two people that really close to me on the deepest level who i thought really understood <laughs> who i am and it hurt so bad for a little bit where they really said some things to me that were really really so far off but you know maybe in my early stages of life i would get really angry and get really you know write back so you know or write some really nasty messages or whatever but i realized listen these are really beautiful people okay they made a mistake i'm sure to apologize I let them know in a nice way, it, they were out of line, it was really, but we have to have the ability to control our emotions when the world starts saying things to us that we don't want to hear. We don't have to let that whole story get us into such a red tomato fuming thing where we just start letting it take us over. So, you know, just have to release it, deal with it, and then move on. Let the people have time to correct their mistakes. Let them absorb it. And, you know, we're not perfect. They're not perfect. The world's not perfect. But when we're real with ourselves and we're able to see things that are really beautiful also about ourselves, the part of when we transcend and we go to places where we touch to that eternal part of ourselves, we kind of remember that it doesn't matter all the mistakes I made and all the titles that people put on me or all the character traits I think I have. I touch what is my true essence, which is peace, love, and joy. That's when I'm awake. That's when I'm free. And I'm grateful to know the real me because God is me. The, the concept of God is not something somewhere else. It's not a thing. It's not a form. It's not a name. It is the phenomenon that is the true essence of everything in the world. Everything in existence, that thing that is the real element keeping that thing alive, keeping that thing real, that is what the real God thing is. And the only place it is, is when you are connected there into your deep essence. And when you're there, that's when you know how to cry because that's when you touch on your own beauty. And when you touch on your own beauty, you're not afraid to say and understand the mistakes you made because we're all only here to make mistakes. We're not sinners. We're not born sinners. We're born humans with the ability to make mistakes. And so we have to be careful because psychologically it's very detrimental. So many people have no self-confidence or they really have anxiety or feel bad about themselves because they're constantly telling themselves 
a, a, a false narrative of who they are based on what their deeds were or the false way they're perceiving how people perceive them because they haven't touched on their true essence. When you go into the zone of your true essence, you don't care what anyone else in the world says. But it's not a vibe of putting up your middle finger and putting tattoos on and going out there. I don't care what anyone says. It's a vibe of let them say it all because, you know, I've let go of the ego and I really know that there could be an element of truth in everything they're saying. But what really matters is what do I think about myself after I've transcended to that place that is God is me. God is manifesting through me and that can never be tainted if I'm right here, right now, this moment. Not what was me a year ago or five years ago and not the me that's worrying about what's going to be me tomorrow or in five years. Just the pure me right here, right now. Just blissful to be. I understand that we're separate bodies. We have overlapping minds, but we are one soul, one essence. We're beyond space and time. And so when I touch that, I really, it's not I'm putting my finger to the world that I don't care, but it's I'm going to make sure that I don't go back to that possessed person that was taken over. That I'm not that possessed person that had to have a drink, had to have drugs, had to have food, had to have people pumping my ego, had to have sex. No, I can, you, all of us, doesn't matter what race, what religion, what color of our skins, all of us can totally control the ego mind experience which is torturing us and we can go to that still place of observing what is that inside of me that nothing in the world, none of my desires, none of my ego can touch it. So just try for one second to forget everything you know Everything you're dreaming about. We're not saying no dreams. Just leave the dream aside for now and lose some of the control. We're not saying to have not have goals, but let's start on a path where we're leaving room for the immortal. We're leaving room for the divine. You know, some people come to me and they tell me they want me to be at their wedding and they're organized their wedding. And I don't want to tell them anything, but they say, okay, this is what's going to happen in the parking lot laser. There's going to be guys watching the cars. This is what happens when people come in. This is what happens 10 minutes after people are here. The musicians are going to play this note. This is what's going to happen when the cameras say, okay, here's the bride and groom. Me and my husband, were going to look at each other this way. I told him he's going to smile. Then we're going to go like this. Then right underneath, we're going to go at the right... They wrote out the whole script. 
you don't need to get married. You don't need a marriage. You don't need to be alive. There's nothing to live for. This is, and, and then what happens? They get so disappointed because they already wed, read, made out the wedding script and things never go by plan. The band, the food, the people, your, the, 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 bride, the groom drank too much or the bride drank too much. So it never, they're always disappointed. But when, and at the other hand, you don't just say, okay, everybody, we're getting married on August 19th in uh, Myrtle Beach, see you there. Of course not. So we have to make this vessel, but lose so much of our control and our expectations that our, that is what is, we're losing the flow. It's just surfing. No surfer can get, he can't see the wave, get up on the surfboard and say, oh, I remember last week I rode a wave just like that because no two waves, I got a lot of surfing buddies. I'm not, I'm a terrible surfer, but surfing philosophy is like Harley philosophy, Zen philosophy. There's deep things that are in there. My surfing buddies say the greatest surfers, they don't say I'm going to ride this wave like I rode this wave last week because every the beauty of it is going with the wave of the now. So yes, it doesn't mean he didn't prepare, he didn't exercise how to surf. It doesn't mean he didn't practice surfing, but he rode the wave knowing that I have to go with that wave the way it's made. So this is what's happening in our daily lives. We're becoming control freaks, expectation freaks. The dream we want, we want it exactly how we dream it. You don't need dreams if you've already written out what the dream is going to be. There's no, no beauty in that. So going back into your eternal space is letting go of all that. Let me just be in a place where the next moment what's going to happen in life, just like I'm going to play the guitar in a minute and I have no idea what I'm going to play. And sometimes I really do fall on my face on the stage here live when I don't have it planned at all. And it's just a disaster. That's okay too. Because it's the moments that are bliss. It's those moments that we go into that are just unbelievable because we're going with the flow. We're letting go. We're letting go of the stamps. All the men are saying, you know what? Maybe I have to tell somebody I'm really on my brink of breaking and I need to cry on somebody's shoulder. Maybe you have to do that. And maybe you won't be the next guy that's gonna blow people up in a parking lot. Maybe you're gonna be the next guy that's gonna not have to go overboard with your drinking and kill somebody with drunk driving. Maybe you're not going to have to actually leave your wife and kids to find your true space. Maybe you're just going to have to have a heart-to-heart -heart with a good buddy or with your wife and it just say, listen, I'm feeling like I'm dealing with some things that are too big for me. Why don't you do that? And see how that works. Instead of trying to be Mr. Tough Guy, and then you break the bank. So I'm blessing us all. The amount of shootings in America, the mental instability around the world, the pain is calling us all to come up with something new. We have to throw out all the generalizations of hate. 
whether they come from the Old Testament, the New Testament, the Quran, whether it comes from Hindu philosophy, you know, there's also generalizations in the Buddha. All of the old ways have terrible generalizations about women. All of the old ways we need to have, take, you need to take what the good and the bad, you have to know what was for a time, and you have to know there's things that are in those things to warning signs of what not to repeat, not to learn to keep repeating. And I just want to say to all the people who are making such a huge mistakes, just like we can't make exaggerations that all cops are killers and racists, that's obviously not the truth. But it's a great generalization. It's a terrible generalization. But, but at the same time, we can't avoid the pain, the suffering that keeps going in black America. And the racism that's happening with Asians. I, do I have to tell you how bad it is? These are, it's so bad. I mean, it's so stupid. On the other hand, has anyone heard anyone from the Chinese regime that has actually made a statement saying, we see how much suffering in the world has come from something that started in China. They can actually say something like, we, we did what everything we thought we could do, but to have a little remorse, have a little bit, this has nothing to do with Asian people around the world. These are a very handful of cruel, corrupt, communist regime people in China that has nothing to do with anyone Chinese or Japanese or Korean or Philippine anywhere else in the world. They have nothing to do with it. Just like the few priests written in the New Testament who decided they're handing Jesus over to Pontius Pilate, that had nothing to do with the thousands of other Jews who were listening to Jesus and following Jesus. But you see how it all gets twisted? Because it's from small, maybe you're one of those small-minded, bigoted people that are only listening to one news channel, only one preacher. You have that only one stamp that you grew up in, in your small town. Only what was going on in your college, only what was going on in your surroundings with your friends. There's no way you're going to fix the world with that. You have to get around. You have to open it up. Go. Yes, we all have to take time to read some of the different philosophies, some of the different books. Okay, we cannot all be masters of all. But I would say I don't respect anyone of truth who has a belief if it was stamped on you. If that belief was stamped on you, I have no respect for it. Even if it's the belief that I actually believe. If you're a Buddhist and your parents were Buddhists and you never really asked any questions about Buddhism, never ever, like how do we get from Buddha who was going against religion and all the rules to all of a sudden a packed up rule book. <laughs> if you go, you know, I got my, some of my Buddhist friends that want to be a Buddhist monk. It's got more rule books than the, the Hindus had all together when the Buddha wanted to get rid of it. The same thing in the church. The Catholic Church became so much of an establishment that Jesus was fighting against the Pharisees that it became so much more. The, the, the rule book of the Jews in Israel was just because there was no separation of church and state. They had all the rules of church and state all combined because that's what was happening. It was the, the you know, 
That was the temple. What it was all together. It's just like in America. You think you're without rules because you got Jesus? You got rules up the wazoo. Every lawyer, every way you want to drive, everything you want to buy, every tax. These are all laws. It's just coming from the secular thing. So you see, if you are, I don't have any respect for anyone who's an Orthodox Jew. If their parents grew up Orthodox Jew and they put them in Orthodox schools and they ended up being an Orthodox Jew. If you didn't get out of it and check it and question it, because that's what God told the first person in the Bible, Abraham, to do. He said, if you want truth, if you want to really fix the world, you better know all the false things. He said, it says it right there. And he says, leave your country. It doesn't mean you have to physically leave. It means leave all the false narrative that you know they have. Leave your neighborhood your church, your institution, and even leave behind the things in your parents' house. All of us know there's things that we have to respect. You can respect your parents, love them, never raise your voice, and never conflict with them. But you have to know what not to carry on with what your parents did that you know ain't right. I'm very proud of my parents. I always remember growing up. If anyone would speak about uh, people of different religions or different colors, my mother would get really mad. She would say, we don't have this narrative in our house, I'm sorry. She was loved everybody, but if someone would say some of those words, like of, of, of uh, it could be even family members who would come from other places or close friends, it doesn't matter who it was. I was always surprised. She would get really red and she would get upset. She says, I don't like, we don't have that narrative here. People are people. Everyone is the same. Don't, I don't want to hear about that. And so you see, but what well, maybe you grew up in a house where people were, gave you false narrative about people of different colors, different religions. I want to tell you something and open your hearts now. I've met Christian religious people. They're absolutely the deepest most caring, most sincere people I, I, I've met. And I've met other Christian believers that were so fake on their missionary mission, not giving a crap about anybody else, and really, really bad inside still. And they went to the same church. I know religious Muslim people from the same village that I could tell you the most amazing stories about. And in that same village comes, from that same village comes terrorists. I know some Orthodox Jewish people with the long garb and this and this and that. They're unbelievable. I mean, it doesn't matter what they do. They wouldn't take a cent from anyone else. They wouldn't hurt a fly, nothing. They don't get involved. They're really so fanatic about anti-army or anything. They're even against the state of Israel because they're so anti-anything violence. But at the same time, I know some of the biggest creeps came from those same places. And the same goes on for the same groups of people. I know people in towns in Kentucky, they're my best buddies. Their hearts are so in tune, they're so loving. And they themselves tell me 
that within their own family, they have back-ass mother truckers in their own family. And they know in their own church, they have people that are really wackos. So you see, this is the false narrative of the alt-right, the white, the save the white thing in America. It's so wrong. These Ku Klux Klan where it came and now it's become sophisticated because now they make it like, you know, they forget. Do you know about, do you know, they don't know history. So they don't know. Back in Europe, you had Christians, white Christians killing each other, wars between white Christians. And then you had Protestants breaking away from the Catholic Church and then you had those wars. And so they, I even know, it was a beautiful story of the son. This is a story that happened about 20 or so years ago. The head of the Ku Klux Klan, his son went to college in Florida. Now, he knew he couldn't let it out. He could not let it out that he was, you know, even though there were a few people that thought like he did, the majority of people were kind of open-minded college, so he didn't tell anybody. It got out. He got drunk one day, and he started saying some stuff. It got out that he's the son of the Ku Klux Klan, head of the Ku Klux Klan. No one would speak to him. Everyone taught him bad. What happened? There was an Orthodox Jew there that felt so bad for this guy, and he knew that he never met a Jew. He invited over him over to have a Sabbath meal. This guy who was very leery of this, actually ended up having a Sabbath meal with this Orthodox Jews, saw how it was beautiful, saw they're nice, became best friends, and the only one that would respect him and understood that he it wasn't that he was bad. This was stamped on his heart from where he grew up. He didn't have any opportunity for anything else. It was stamped on him. And he became friends, and what he did is he wrote about it and he went back and told his father and he told everybody that you guys are messed up. When they wanted to lynch me in my school and no one would speak to me because I made them, I said something, I'm in contact with the Ku Klux Klan, the only one to help me out was an Orthodox Jew. And you guys told me that those are the bad people. So you see, and those people know in those white towns, they know about the infighting. They know what happens when somebody dies and they have to split up the money because I, they write to me. I have some of those fans and they tell me about how they fight in the family, don't speak anymore about themselves because this one says, well, I took care of dad when he was sick. I get more of the money. This house I've lived in all the time. How can I do it? You know what I'm saying? So they don't have to look to be nervous because people are coming. Yes, there has to be borders and we can't have illegal immigration. But we can't have hatred and this stupid white thing of thinking that America is going to be good only if we don't have a mixing of the races. Because in every place that you have white people, whether it's all white people in Kentucky or all white people in Virginia, they argue in their churches. Do you want to know the history of the people who wrote the Constitution? Go and look up the history of how much fighting. They were all white and they were all Christian. They wanted to kill each other. There was no Mexicans then. There was barely any Jews. There was no free black people. 
They were all white and Christian. And you go go back, go look at the, the history of the Constitution. They even had to lie to them to have him sign it. They didn't even tell the details of most of the people that signed it when it was all the stuff about liberty and justice for all because they were all arguing about that. Some of the personalities like Benjamin Franklin were more open. They were more advanced intellectually, spiritually. But then there were some close-minded David Duke's mother truckers who were signing that Constitution. And yes, it used to be a big part of the Republican Party. You think not everyone was Lincoln, and there was a lot of that. And there still is a certain percentage of that there. But then there is an awakening of people who say, I can believe in God. I don't have to feel guilty for being white. I can love policemen and I can know that we gotta get out of this backwards ass mindset that has been stamped on our hearts that is wrong. And there are people who are brave enough to do it. So I'm asking everyone today, check your stamp. You've been stamped. And you've been stamped with good things and you've been stamped with bad things. But it's not worth a damn if you don't rip that stamp out and go searching. There was a Russian guy tuning the piano and we started speaking. I told him a little story when I was 16. My aunt was really ill and there was a Russian lady this was in New Jersey, who was taking care of her. And, you know, I grew up in American school system. And, you know, I was thinking everyone from Russia must be a communist cuckoo, you know, back-ass, whatever. And I saw that this lady was really nice, and she actually looked kind of intelligent. So I asked her, I said, what's the biggest difference between America and Russia? She said, well, in America, I never saw so many rich people who were so stupid. And she said, in Russia, I never saw so many smart people who were so poor. So, so I asked my buddy today who was cleaning, you know, I always like to, everyone, I don't like to pass by somebody and think they're insignificant. I came in the door, there's a guy tuning the piano. I gave him a low, he gave him a low. That's an important person. This is how we grow. This is how we learn. So we had a really great, he's from St. Petersburg. I said, how could it be? I meet so many Russian people that their education is way better than the majority of people I met around the world, including Israel, including America. He said, well, he said, there's certain things that the communists spent money on and education was high on the list. They spent money on doctors, they spent money on war, and they spent money on education. Now he said, if you came from Moscow or St. Petersburg or one of the major cities, you got a really education. But he says, what the world doesn't know and only people, you know, is that there's millions out in the backwoods that they don't get any education. They barely get a taste of it. What am I trying to do? I'm trying to open your minds. I see there's a whole bunch of people here as soon as I mention anything about Russia or communism. Don't worry, I'm not a communist. I'm not an anythingist. I'm just trying to give you an example that we have to check ourselves. So he, what did he tell me, this Russian guy? He said he was floored when he went to Los Angeles. So much wealth and he saw so many homeless people. 
He was floored when he went to so many inner cities where it was apparent so many people in America were suffering and they haven't gotten education. So you see, with all our democracy and all our things, maybe we have to ask ourselves, how much money is spent on education? How much money is spent for children when they come? The first thing you have to teach kids when they come into the, to the school is you all sit together, the principal, and you say, we're now going to have some silence. Everybody in their own way think about how they like to be treated and to make sure you do that through your school day. Let's everybody take a few minutes of silence. Everybody in your own way with the principal. You sit down. We're all together. The principal can say, hey, did anyone have a, maybe there's some people had a bad experience with mom and dad this week. Maybe there's some people who got bullied. You know, maybe the principals and the teachers have to get better, more together about bullying instead of just worrying about who's going to get the highest SAT scores and everything. That's not what the world needs. So we have to rehaul everything. This, this thing of mental instability is not going to change with just gun laws. And it's not just going to change if the Democrats are in power or the Republicans are in power. We need a major overhaul. And you, I'm the only one who I have to worry about. When I do my overhaul of transcending, that is the way the world will be fixed. So when Scott Miller decides that he knows that the main thing to fix the world is if Scott Miller can break off from all his attachments to physical things, thinking that's what's going to make him happy, because that's what causes people to have jealousy and not see our unique oneness. So I'm asking everyone, speak it to your children, speak it to your parents. If you hear people with their stamp on their heart that they, they have racist things, they have small-mindedness, try to remember. Maybe you don't have to say it out, you know. I don't like to be around people if they're tail-bearers or, you know, speaking about other people. And the truth is, it doesn't go so well if you're with people who are tail-bearers, you know, gossipers, if you tell them, hey, don't gossip around me. You know, people are not on the level to receive it. They just hate you and then they'll gossip about you. But I make sure I don't hang out with those people too much. And you'll be affected by it. So make sure you choose the people you're hanging out with. Make sure that you understand what your stamp is, good and bad. And don't be afraid to get lost. Get lost in the essence of something so deep, so beautiful. Don't give it a title. You don't have to be a this or a that. You're just you. When you drop the I, that's when you become you. But if you're tied into your stamp, into your ego, these are the people that commit wars. These are the people that break, commit suicide. But if you let yourself to be vulnerable, don't say I know. Don't say you know all the time. Don't say you don't. No one knows. What, God is the unknown and the unknowable. All the books, no one knows anything that's written there. No one knows one word that is written there. I'll tell you why. 
I've seen statements of people, politicians, and also spiritual leaders in the last 50 years. If you read what they say, and then you watch a video of what they said, do you know how different the connotation is in what they really meant when you see the essence of their being as opposed to the dry word taken out of context that's printed? It's so different. It's so, so different. So just imagine how far away all of us are for any of the holy people that have ever been in the world. If you see a video, if you hear the words, if you can hear the voice, but what's going on now is everybody else is trying to make the video of things we don't have video of by giving your opinion. I know exactly what was written in that book. I know exactly that, and that's why you have... Look at how many millions of Muslims have killed Muslims just, you know, in the last 50 years. It's, it's you know, it's this, what happened in Syria was Muslims against Muslims. If you know what happened in Iraq and Iran, if you know what happened in all these Muslim countries, how they're killing each other because of different tribal things, it's the same thing that happened in Africa. Just like I'm saying... I'm not being politically correct now. We sh there is no room for any Asian hatred. It has nothing to do with the corrupt communist regime in China. But I damn want the world leaders to stand up and say, has anyone seen a face or heard a word of remorse from the Chinese government saying, listen, this is, don't even admit that you had anything to do with it. Just say it's very painful what happened in China. It's so painful to see what COVID has done in the world. I hope that any words, but it's a total denial and a, and a total disrespect for the million, three million people. I don't know what the number is. It's millions of people have died from this thing that started in China. No, no leader wants to take it on. Now, it's the same thing I want my black friends in America. Don't make this narrative that white people are evil. If you want to see what evil is, I want you to go to 1994 in Rwanda to ask yourself what happened between the Houthis and the Tutis. Go look at the numbers of people, hundreds of thousands of genocide, black people killing black people because they're not the same... They're not the same tribe. Historians have said from the WHO organization, since 1995, 5 million children have lost their lives in Africa, whether it's starvation or war, due to black people killing black people. So I'm sorry if I'm not being politically correct for people. People have to get rid of your generalization stamp. Yes, I, I'm just going to leave you with this Quincy Jones quote. Quincy Jones was a person who saw a lot around the world, and he said this a few years ago. It's in the Netflix movie. I suggest you all watch the Netflix thing on Quincy Jones. What he said was so on, but it would not be politically correct to say it today. He said... America has come a long way with its relationship with the black community and it's got a long way to go. 
That is the truth. America's come a long way. America's not the most evil country in the world. White people aren't more evil than any other people. That's just, that's racism just as bad as other people. Yes, colonial England and colonial Europe, if you go look at the last 500 years of colonialism, it was the worst raping and stealing and pitting people against each other and, and you have to know that history. They are sitting there with their ties all in their little teacups. I'm just generalizing. All neat, neat and clean when they got out of that. But if you want to go look it up, you can see what France and Europe and, and Holland and, 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 and Denmark, all the other places did with their colonialism, how bad it was. And then compare that to American history. Ask England if they've ever written a letter to all the people who they pitted against each other, Muslims and Hindus with Pakistan, the creation of it, and India. They purposely pitted one against the other. They purpose would conquer by divide and conquer. They're one of the main reasons that Jews and Palestinians have this thing here because they're the ones, England is the one that would purposely divide and conquer. They would play one off of the other. So go, if you're going to be anti-America, there's things we got to fix. We came a long way, but you got to know. So I'm telling you, take off. You've been stamped. Get out of your small-mindedness with everything. I'm sorry I'm a little bit heated up today, but all these shootings, it's just, it's just, it's just incredible. And the things that are happening to Asian people, it's insanity. And I'm watching these foolish alt-right people and I having to, I had a beautiful story last week with somebody who I really love now. We're friends who did not want to hear anything that was not all alt right uh, dogma. And he, but he phrased it differently. But then we, he he apologized. He wanted me to just play and shut up because I was trying to get people to open their minds and kind of you know saying, listen, we got to get rid of this racism thing. So. Uh, so we had, don't attack people. If you see people here that say, hey, laser, shut up and play your guitar, do not attack them. These people need hugs. These people need love. They have heavy stamps. And if you push them over the board by hatred, they're going to be the next shooter. They don't need more insults and they don't need swearing it. They need hugs. And this person actually wrote me an apology and we're now having a nice discussion. I don't expect him or any of you to agree with everything I'm saying. We're just having a discussion. And that's what we have to learn how to do. Protestants and Catholics need to know. See, what you need to do when you want to look at an issue. My dad was a lawyer. And this so I really blessing that he always opened my mind if I had a real set opinion he would paint me a whole other story of the facts and bring a book of how it can be so much different but what but I didn't like it when I was young why because you want to put everything in a nice safe box you figured out the world you figured out the storyline it's all simple and painted and that's what everyone's doing I just try this challenge when it comes to the next issue 
Try to learn as much as you can about the issue. And then try to put yourself in the shoes of someone who thinks different than you and try to understand their position. I'm not saying you have to switch your position. But at least to have a proper discussion and have the world fixed, you have to try to understand what is it. So if you really want to fix America, you have to understand what these white people, what they're really upset about. Why were they so crazy about Trump? You have to realize if you don't try to understand what it is, you're not going to be able to fix it. It's not going to get fixed by just swearing at them or making new rules where, you know, where you have this cancel culture and you don't give them a voice. These are people for years and years, they went to the military, they don't remember anyone in their family contributing to slavery, and yet they feel attacked for many years that somehow they don't deserve to even be connected with America. So we have to also hear what they're saying. I hear these people. These are also very good people. Let me ask you, you grew up in your neighborhood, and let's say someone all of a sudden is saying a narrative, everything bad about your neighborhood where your parents and grandparents grew up and everything. You're not gonna you're not gonna take that easy. You know there was good things mixed in with some of the things that gotta get fixed. Those people are being attacked. So the smart people today, in my opinion, and we're, we don't have enough of them, are people who are understanding what narrative everyone is getting and to agree to disagree that I hear everything you're saying, I see why you think it's like that, but it's actually not as black and white as you're making it. For people who are into cancel culture and extreme liberalism and everything they think about everybody else who's a Republican or voted for Trump, I'm telling you, you're way off the mark. It's not as black and white as you think it is. You just never drove through Kentucky or Alabama and met any of those people face to face or in Texas. Okay? Now, all those people who are thinking that everybody who voted Democrat is a baby killer, hates God, and all that. No, these are, that's not what it is. That's not what it is. These are good people. So, you know, I'm happy that I'm not very popular. Why? Because I am not going to play that card of, see, the people who become very popular, they try to feed because hatred and one-mindedness and a black and white vision People like to hold on to it and go with it. And it has a lot of power behind it. That stamp, that small-mindedness, that hatred, that blame game. Someone's doing me wrong. There's people to blame in the world. But that's not going to fix you. It's not going to fix the world. The only way you're going to fix the world is through open-mindedness, higher knowledge, and the highest knowledge is to know yourself. So I'm blessing us all today. Know your stamp. And be able to see someone that's been stamped. Now, don't hold high expectations for them moving too much. But sometimes, you don't have to stand in front of them and get killed if they're holding a gun. 
but you can't have to have mercy on them to understand they're limited in their ability to have an open mind. They've been stamped. Give them a hug. Give them a chance. And you can change the world when you decide to change yourself with your own stamp. Love everybody so much. I think after that you deserve a little bit of guitar. <laughs> and the truth is, I don't expect anyone to have to listen or agree with what I'm saying. This is just how I see it, and I'm telling you exactly how I see it. And in ending, in ending, the truth you need, people ask me, Laser, what's a holy book? I say a holy book is a book that someone reads it, and that person decides to become compassionate, egoless, loving, that's a holy book. So give up on thinking that you have the only vitamin, the only book, because I know a lot of people who think they have a holy book, and a lot of people who read that book have a lot of hatred, a lot of spiritual ego. And spiritual ego is almost the most dangerous thing in the world, almost more dangerous than other types of ego. So it doesn't really matter which way Many of the ways can work. I've seen beautiful people who are Muslim, Buddhist, Hindu, Jewish, Christian, all sorts of Christian branches, all sorts of Jewish people, all sorts of Muslim branches. Some of my biggest teachers are Sufi Muslims. Kabir is one of my favorites. And, uh, you know, but at the same time, there's some other things. So it's not, it's, it's what works for you to make you holy. Okay, that's a holy book. So some people, it works, a different book works for them to make them holy. Some people can read the same book. One can be holy. One can be totally, come totally evil. That's what it is, you know?
begging you to make all the craziness go away It's a crazy world today A time where people got close minds. It's a crazy world. So when you're naked in the shower, people see what you got stamped on your heart. When you're naked in the shower, people Maybe take a look and see what's stamped on your heart Cause maybe one of you, you're one of them crazy small-minded people And to heal the world Removing your stamp is where we got to start I got my own stamp too. Thank you everybody for hanging out today. Keep smiling. Keep going deeper and deeper. I want to thank Lots of Love Records for making this all possible. And thank all of you who have uh, joined us on the Patreon. You can get to the Patreon to help out to keep these things free. 
It's uh, laserloid.com. And I believe they're working on a tour for the 23rd of May. I think it's going to go from Cincinnati, Ohio, all the way up to the Boston area. And in between Buffalo, Michigan, Indiana. So if you have, I think there's still a few dates. If you want to have Laser Lloyd in your town or maybe in your basement, you can go on to laserloid.com and send a, or you can write me a Facebook or Instagram message and we can hook you up with my management and we'll see you on the road. And thank you all for sharing the music. We just recorded a new live album that we're really successful, excited about. We got the new video for the song Born uh, to, to Love coming out. And I want to bless everyone here. Just keep yourselves together. Keep loving. Keep learning. Keep growing. Take off that stamp. And just let the stamp say truth. Just say, I'm a truth seeker. That's the only name I'm giving myself. I'm just a truth seeker. Thank you for sharing it here. You can share it. We'll see you. We'll be back again together real soon. Love y'all.